Hey everybody, what's up? It's Chase. Welcome to another episode of the show. Super grateful to be in your ears right now. I don't know when it is for you. It's Wednesday for me because that's when the podcast comes out. Uh, you probably are not consuming it on Wednesday, or maybe you are. It doesn't matter in any case. I'm really excited to get into the meat of this one, though. My guest today is Danielle Laporte. She covers a ton of ground. If you know anything about uh, Danielle, it's unlikely because uh, she's written, I think, four books now. Um, she is one of Oprah's Super Soul 100 member, uh, members. Most recently, her book, White Hot Truth, is clarity for keeping it real on your spiritual path from one seeker to another. Um, amazing conversation. We, over the course of an hour or so, we cover things from feminism, sexuality, uh, truth-telling, um, mantras, Sonos in your house, hot tubs, um, cold plunges, and the inner spiritual journey that we are all on, whether we know it or not. Um, we cover all kinds of stuff like deep positivity, the bravery of practicing um, more than just positive thinking. We talk a lot about boundaries. We talk about conscious optimism, about being, how can we show up for the people in our lives and for ourselves, and I think maybe the, the, if I was to try and draw a circle around the central theme of our conversation, it would probably be around her book, which is how do we have clarity around keeping it real? We all have these inner journeys. We all have the monkey mind. We have uh, the voices in our head that don't do us well. And White Hot Truth is about keeping it real and being genuine in our spiritual aspiration and compulsion to improve. Is lifelong desire to improve actually healthy? Danielle has a very, very articulate um, way of expressing how we can both be on a journey of growing and improving without feeling less than or inadequate in the moment. It is a, an amazing balance that of all of the sort of um, the journey that I have personally traversed, all the books I've read, I don't think I've ever seen anyone sort of walk the line as she does. Again, how do we both be on this amazing journey to grow and change and transform and become the thing that we want to become and not hate ourselves in the process? In fact, how do we love who we are right now? Because at the core of it, love is required. I'll just leave it at that. Love is required. And this balance between being on a journey to explore and discover and grow and loving thyself, first knowing thyself and second loving thyself, very, very critical part of the, the sort of pop culture growth, wisdom, hacking, all that stuff that doesn't get talked about. So it's really, really enlightening and I think you're gonna love this conversation with Danielle Laporte. So I'm gonna get out of the way, but before I do, just a quick word from our sponsor. Check this out, y'all. This episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show is sponsored by Creative Live for Business. This is different than the regular old Creative Live. So whether you love, passionately love where you work, or it's sort of like meh, or on the other side, if it's a creative wasteland and you want to inspire some change in the place that you work, you're not alone. Studies say that three out of four people, that's right, 75% of people say they're not living up to their creative potential at work. If so, I want to introduce you to Creative Live's newest product. It's called Creative Live for Business. And in a nutshell, it's a way to get access to all of Creative Live's content for your entire team. 
and or entire company and maybe bring in some much needed energy and innovation to that team or company simply by going to creativelive.com slash teams. Now, Creative Live for Business is already in service of several of the top creative firms on the planet and a powerhouse list of many of the Fortune 100 top brands. These brands care about creativity and innovation. And you know what? These companies pay for this for their employees. So it doesn't matter if you're a team of five people, 55, or, or if there's 50,000 people in the company. If this sounds interesting to you and you want to check it out, either you can check it out or refer your boss to Creative Live by sending them to creativelive.com slash teams. Remember, the most forward-thinking companies, they prioritize things like creative skills, like design thinking, leadership, collaboration, wellness. And again, with Creative Live for Business, you get access to all that taught by some of the top instructors in the world, all on Creative Live. So again, you can visit or send your boss a link to creativelive.com slash teams to learn more. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about this. It's like been a, kind of a long time in the making. Yes, I've had my eye on your space and how you're growing and... You know, and for everybody who's watching, when I walked in, I just like, I'm so happy for your success. Thank you. Yeah, you pulled it off. Uh, I wanted to do this, and I was like, eh, eh. let Chase do it. <laughs> what you should have said is like, eh, that is a hell of a lot of work. Look at the you bags under that dude's crazy. eyes. crazy. <laughs> totally crazy. Yeah. Gah! Well, if you have, um, if, if you are kind enough to say those nice things about me, I'll, I'll be kind enough to say <laughs> your work is crazy impactful. Thanks. And so well timed, so relevant culturally. We're going to take a, a nice arc in the show today. We can go wherever you want to go, but I have a couple of things I want to hit on. Um, a couple of things we in, invariably—I don't know if uh, for those folks at home you could probably grasp that this happens. We don't just walk in and sit down and start recording. There's like small talk, and they say, "I'm so happy you're here. I was just watching your thing," and and we end up saying a bunch of stuff that I want. I'm just like we had to decide to stop talking so we could save it for the broadcast. Um, yeah, and I'm also very jealous you're Canadian. I think it's Canadian. I love, <laughs> Understandable. I love, I love uh, my country. I, I also love Canada. I'll just say that. Yeah. It's um, lovable right now. It is. It's so lovable. Mm -hmm. But welcome to the show. Thank you for agreeing to be here. Um, I did just sneak a peek, and you were recording something else down the hall here at Creative Live. I will not, I don't know. If, I guess, yeah, the folks at home would know. It's podcast week. She podcast was interviewed week. by Srini. Um, Give me a little context for the folks at home. Again, you, you know our audience here really well. You've said you've watched the show yeah, a bunch. Yeah. Just start start at the start. Start okay, at the start? Start at the start. Oh, Go God, back a little that bit. That question. Come on, start at the start. Open-ended. Uh, start at the start. I am, let me start with today. I'm okay. grateful to be here. Thank you. I'm very interested in the medicine and the poison that is social media. I'm very interested in conversations around goal setting. Yeah. I'm probably most well known at this point for a book, a program called Desire Map, which is like what I call a soulful approach to goal setting. But really that's actually a bit of a like a tricky subtitle because it was really about like anti-goal setting. Mm -hmm. So there's something interesting there. Oprah. I'm, Oprah, yeah, I had brunch with Oprah. That's pretty badass. <laughs> that's pretty badass. <laughs> and you're one of her 100 awesome super soul, super, soul, super people. <laughs> yeah, Stedman was there for brunch. Stedman just walked in in his tracksuit. I think he was just there for like the food. Hey, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, White Hot Truth is the most recent book. Mm -hmm. Firestarter Sessions was one of my first 
things, you know, big offerings, which is about defining success on your own terms and, and being everything that's not about plastic and genetically assumed definitions of ambition. And, and I'll say everything I wrote, like before nine o'clock this morning, I want to burn. <laughs> okay, there's so, you just, so all right, you just, I just, I don't want to start over. Yep. I just want it to all go awake so I can say what I have to say today about whatever is up for me. Yeah. I think you just gave me like 10 hours worth of material. Okay, so I don't go. know if you noticed, I just handcuffed you to the chair. <laughs> we're going to be here for a while, folks. Yeah, um, let's go to the, like, I think you were most fired up as I was just listening to the, you know, you talk about what you were, well, you gave us a nice little arc there, but you were really, there's some real seriousness in your voice around social. Yeah. You just like the benefits and the poison. Yeah. Like you call it. I think it's like any medicine, you take too much of it and it's poison. Um, I'm at a place, so, you know, context, I'm sure everybody gets this. If you have an author, or if, if you're an author and you have books, your engine of your business is social media. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just like deep introspection pulling out my relationship to all of that. Mm. How do I change my relationship to Facebook when really I think Facebook has become this vitriolic circus that's really not doing as much good as it could. I think it should be free. Um, That sells my day planners and it sells my books. And um, in examining my relationship, like my business's relationship to social media, I have had to look at the fact that I am a workaholic. Wow. And I've never really said that. Thank you for saying it here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I don't know what, you know, I'm aware of 12 steps and have lots of friends who have gone through that process and held by it. I think you you always state it in the present tense, which doesn't work for me, but I'm a recovering workaholic, and that really shifts my relationship to social. Wow. Yeah. I had a feeling the other day, I looked at my, I was like, I don't like not being present. I think like mm-hmm. presence and awareness mm-hmm. is something I'm, basically it's, it's been a 10 year journey for me constantly just trying to get back to the moment back to the moment and mm. busy people we say we're busy we're busy as cool as cool because it means you got a lot going on and it's like i think i'm just getting so tired of all that yep. and now when people say how are you i say i'm tired mm-hmm. <laughs> because i'm passionate about things i'm working on but i just don't like the, i guess where i'll just finish my earlier thought i looked at my phone yesterday and I had time had passed, and I was not sure how much time. I just mm-hmm. knew that I was just scrolling. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, there is nothing good happening right now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's plenty of good things that do come out of it, but just yesterday, I think it was yesterday evening, I was like, nothing good just happened. I feel worse mm-hmm. than when I started scrolling. Mm-hmm. And that's to me, that was this thing, like, whoa, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. And you know, I think, our devices have been around long enough that this is like a generational isn't quite the right track for this, but it's like the evidence is coming in. Mm. You know, we're starting to see what it's doing to our brains. Yeah. We're starting to see what it's doing to our lives. And this is, 
you know, you're talking about presence, and that's everything everybody's craving. You know, the guy, the girl, the money, the promotion, whatever. Everything you want is really just underlying that. It's just a craving to be home. Yeah. And all this is, is whatever home is for you. It has a lot to do with love. And this is taking us out. And now we know, like, for me, the collision with realizing, you know, workaholism, which I justified for so long. You know, I, 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 I saw you have a video up about the balance of... The, the myth of life balance, yes. which I wrote about for years. And now I have to really question that. Like, you know, I'd say, well, it's about harmony, you know? <laughs> and you know, dodge the question. anybody great never did anything without being exhausted at the finish line. Yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, you push the baby out and you launch and, um, but I got to a point where social, let's just say in general, yeah. was just really making me sick. Yeah. And having so many of those moments, like, I'm just never going to get that back. And I'm trying, really, really trying yeah. to be a morning person, go to bed at 10 p.m. And this is interrupting and a yeah. dopamine and uh. yeah. And the awareness was like, when I didn't have that to fill it, my inclination was still to find some form of work. Thing, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I like that you put social in work because that's what you mean by being a workaholic, right? You're working, you're working really hard on things you care about, yeah. but also this is sort of passively working because if you're doing this, you're thinking about work probably. Oh, I'm looking, do you love me? Did yeah. that, did that, was that, was that a hit? Was that, art- hey, that article, somebody thinks I'm smart today. Yeah. And I wonder if I wasn't in this business, you know, the hustle, hustle your wisdom business, I, I might just like call my friends instead of having a little Instagram account. It would be radical. <laughs> Hustle your wisdom. I love that. That's brilliant. I'm, I, I've not heard that. It's pretty much what I do. Hustle your wisdom. All right. So, If, if we you, can assume it's wisdom. That's a big leap there, <laughs> but yeah. It's clearly wisdom. You've found a lot of success. I would like to congratulate you on your success, by Thanks. the way. Um, but let's under, uncork this just a little bit further. Okay. So you framed it as helpful for your business necessary maybe even essential critical critical yeah okay life so force <laughs> how do you have a safe relationship with social um well you examine your greed for one how much do you need uh we went through a big process i mean still in in it with my business mm-hmm. so team of nine all women one lucky dude and you know what does growth really mean do we have to grow why can't we just, you know, we went through an exercise where, what's our keep the lights on number? Where, and by keep the lights, I mean, everybody is well paid. Mm. Everybody get, we can, have, we're bringing in a coach, take time off for your honeymoon, like just juicy lives. Yeah. I want to be generous, not just competitive. I want to be generous. And I feel, you know, paying people adequately, let alone paying them generously, is an act of fem- feminism because patriarchy is always looking for a deal. So I feel like woman, by paying my people well. That's the keep the lights on number. And then there's healthy. We don't have to worry. What if we put something on and it's a flop? Mm-hmm. What if I go nuts and I need six months off? That's always <laughs> <laughs> I just asked my account the other day, I'm like, so that business insurance you're getting for me? If I go crazy, is it covered? Can because we? <laughs> I'm even fucking nuts right now. Um, so there's the well number. And then there's the Outside of that is the growth number. And, and for me, that growth is about we get to hire 
the best people outside of the core team. I want the best designer. I want, you know, and I can make whatever I want to make. And I can get 80 pound cardstock and even go old school and print it. I want my gold foil, right? Ooh. That's the growth number. That yeah. sucker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And then outside of that is just, we just want to be like super flush and I want to pay my house off and I want to get another place. And I don't need to be there. I just, because that number out there is right now for me is crazy making. Just I want to be well. Mm -hmm. And was this yeah. a formal process that you did internally for your team? Well, it usually happens in my living room with some tea and I'm just like, it's got to change you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, there was some formalization yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And is that a, an exercise that you prescribe? Like, how did yeah. you find yourself in there? Are you eating your own medicine here? Oh, totally, because we're addicted to growth, because yeah. I think capitalism is killing us. And we're Devil's just advocate, like, well, so, so what's the opposite of capitalism? You're either growing or you're dying. Well, you're having, you can grow consciously. And you may have to say no sometimes to expansion because it's what's most nourishing. Yeah. And you, you see, you're in touch with your system and when your system is serving you and when it's breaking you. Yeah. And, you know, I really think at this point, this is like beyond idealistic, but business has to be in service to humanity. Yeah. It's not just I I, triple bottom line. It's not just neutral. Yeah. I'm, this business exists to make a difference. I think that's a, uh, I don't even want to call it a trend. That feels like it's way undervalued. It's like a realization that this is actually the only thing that makes this whole program sustainable mm. is if there is some inherent value beyond shareholder value and growth at all costs. I, you know, so a little backstory sharing, yeah, sharing here. Yeah. Um, and it's, I gotta be careful because it's a double edged sword. But started out this company, it was a side project, it was a little side hustle for me and my partner. We flipped the lights on, and boom, our first class had 50,000 people. <laughs> and you're like, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was incredible. And the second one had 100,000. How did that happen? And the third one had 150,000. It was the, probably the biggest class that the world's ever had, and it was interesting. And we definitely said, okay, we got a tiger by the tail. So, what we do, you start figuring out how to grow it, and it's fun. and and at some point, we had venture capital and said, "Wow, well, we wanted to be like let's let's do this." Great, you know, went through the process, found some amazing partners, and then we're down in Silicon Valley, so we got a footprint down there as well. Now, you know, grow, grow, grow. And yeah, I how, think are you sleeping through the night? Are you? How, look at me, hell no. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, look at this is not the face of a dude who gets a lot of sleep. And I, I espouse and I profess sleep. I laid in bed for eight hours last night. I did not sleep for eight hours, but I was in the covers for eight hours. But my point is this: in that culture, like growth is the growth is God. It's almost the only metric. Yeah. And one person I had on the show who is actually in one of the venture capital firms, Greylock, one of the top firms of all time, Reed Hoffman, he's mm. here and he said, one of the biggest decisions we made at LinkedIn was to make this, our 90% of our money came from businesses, yet we needed to make the product for the individual users. Mm. And that was radical because mm. it wasn't actually in, like it was a decision to leave money on the table in service of something we believed in, which was providing a service for a human, an individual person. Mm -hmm. I thought that was remarkable. It is. 
the irony is that that is not dominant. That's not what my experience of Silicon Valley. It's basically grow at all cost. Yeah. Now this is a long interlude here, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to now ask you, like, but isn't personal growth the thing that we're all striving for? Isn't like that is isn't or is it? Are we striving? Is it love that we're striving for? Is it um, personal development? Like, well, development we, to what? This and is yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. So I'm giving you some, I'm giving you some breadcrumbs yeah. here. But take them and, and tell me. You tell me, because people listen to the show because they want to grow and change and you know, and transform their mm-hmm. lives. And and you've just said a really, I think, a bold thing. It's like it's not grow at all cost. No. There's there's this. We have to look at it more carefully. And so I want you to talk about that for a second. Well, my whole thesis, if I may. Please, this is, this is, theses are why um, you're here. My whole thesis with White Hot Truth is that self-help too often is becoming a tool for self-criticism. It's beautiful. It's another form of addiction, this form of personal growth. Thanks for setting this up, because I, I haven't thought about it in a while. No. And... It really begins with the intention. So are you going for therapy? Are you using your Fitbit? Are you logging time on the meditation cushion? Are you going to the retreat about pussy power? Are you eating green? Whatever it is that you think is going to make you a better person. Are you doing that out of this place of inadequacy? Out of this place of shame? Out of this place of just... Catholic guilt, Jewish guilt. It's yeah. all, you're guilty. Right. If you're in an organized religion, you're you can guilty, really fucking for sure. <laughs> um, and that will just put you on this hamster wheel and it'll cost you a lot of money. You know, my revelation was, I basically got down to this question. Is everything I'm doing to be well really making me well? And it was actually stressing me out. And I looked at my day planner, um, which I produce, by the way. You yes, know, you can get it for ninety nine ninety five. And you do. They are remarkable. Though. They're so really. They're it's a beautiful system. Beautiful. I love that um, offering. And I had like a Skype with a shaman, and then yoga, and then I would write a little smiley face every time I go to yoga because it made me a better person. Huh? And then, uh, then I had my shrink, and I just like I, I don't. I don't, what am I, what am I doing? And I went through withdrawals. I just took myself off the program and had some betrayal, great betrayal stuff happen with like an energy worker. And it was just really clear, just like clean my space up. And the withdrawals were, oh my God, should I, I should talk to my coach before I sign this contract. Nope. I said, me. I said, self-referencing, self-agency. And my life did not fall apart. And That's the good news. It's the good news. You know, I was for a long time, when I was doing speaking gigs, I would stand up and say, let's run this like an AA meeting. I would stand up and say, my name is Danielle. I would be like, hello, Danielle. And I'd be like, it has been... It has been 11 months since I had an astrology reading. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have not been to a psychic for a year. And and I've saved a lot of money and a lot more peace. And, yeah. Talk about self-hate. I I was impressed by that, (sighs) your your take on that. I think that's a... um, I have been introduced to that term in, I would say, the last... 
two to four years, um, and I'm seeing it sort of grow in popularity. And it sounds harsh. It sounds so. It sounds harsh. It, yeah, it does sound harsh. Yeah. But you, know, you you speak of it eloquently. I think it's it's. I don't want to say underpinning. I think it's a through line in a lot of our motivations, and I think a lot of it comes from family of origin stuff. Mm -hmm. Everybody in their innocent fumbling and bumbling of raising children. And we get planted with these toxic little seeds about self-worth and all the things we should be ashamed of. And, you know, my audience is predominantly new age women, self-referencing. And it's amazing when you ask a room full of 4,000 women, if maybe just a little bit, if they hate themselves. We'll go deeper because I think for those who have just heard that term for the first time, like, what do you mean by that? Because I don't, like, I'm sitting here like, I don't hate myself. I think I'm a pretty good guy. And, yeah. Or in your case, a pretty good woman. And I do X and Y. I got my faults, but, but hey. You're decent. Yeah, but what, like, there's a... Do you consider self-hate like the voice in my head that what mm. Ariana Huffington calls the, your unwanted roommate? Uh -huh. Or like what, so people can say, oh yeah, I got a little bit of that self-hate. Oh yeah. Describe it, what, what is it? Oh, I should be further along than I am. Um, I need to be skinnier, curvier, whiter, browner, longer, shorter. Um, it's all it's all tangled up with a striving. It's part of the um, the game of comparison. Comparison will kill your spirit. Um, it's it's the self talk for sure. I mean, sometimes I'm struck when I see a really powerful person, like a, let's let's define that, a person who's in a position of influence, and they say something like, "Oh, such an idiot." I mean, sure, there's sometimes you say, I was such an idiot, oh my God, what was I thinking? Just how people speak of themselves or what you wouldn't talk to your child like that. And, yeah. you know, this, 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 the beautiful story and the self-hatred conversation is around the first time I heard about this meeting that happened with the Dalai Lama and a group of psychologists and some scientists and high-level meditators. And somebody brought up the, converse, the, co the concept of self-hatred to the Dalai Lama, 14th incarnation of the Buddha, never heard of this. Had to, to kept, you can see it, he kept turning to his um, translator saying, like, I don't get it. <laughs> and I just, you know, if I was there, I'd say, listen, it's an epidemic. And it's driving so much of what we do, and we just—it's the poison in the water, and let's just call it for what it is. And and I thought, doesn't everybody hate themselves just a little bit? Apparently not. Apparently not. I want to be there. I mean, I. I think is it a Western there. culture thing? Is it a uh, male, a female? Is it mm. U.S.? Is it mm -hmm. pop culture? Mm. What's driving it? Well, I think it's. Just wildfire in Western culture, and Western culture is, you know, there's globalism. It's yeah. and the comparison that social media yeah. gives Make everybody it. the opportunity every day. You saw where I was going. We're bringing filter it back. Filter it back. We're bringing it back. Yeah, just filter that shit up, and then see who's comparing. I mean, I used to co-run a think tank, and we would scenario plan for future 
cataclysmic events. And I remember somebody brought up what happens if people in third world situations see commercials of, of that woman pouring Coca-Cola into a glass of ice. I mean, that hurts your brain. You gotta really think, okay, what happens? They see everything that's going on. It was the ice. They don't have refri- they don't have ice. They're gonna feel lacking. Now they're gonna need the fridge. Now they need the job. Yep. It's a comparison explosion. So how do you escape it? Like again, we're we're we're, we're, we're yeah we're. I think intentionally, I'm trying to underscore the point that what we're talking about is everywhere. It's pervasive. Yeah. So I'm setting up the problem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and right now, you're like, wait a minute. Now, if I drink Coca-Cola with ice, I'm bad. Uh, right. Like so. Right. And I mean, how do you how do you remedy? Like, so let's just let me let me back up. What we have just established is that everyone's got a little self-hate because that's if if self-hate is 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 defined. This is loose definition. I'm going to try and take from your word. Like it's that negative self-talk. I'm not tall enough, skinny enough, Mm -hmm. smart enough, fast enough, rich enough, rich enough. We've all got it. Mm -hmm. I don't know anyone who doesn't. The what you've also said is social is everywhere. Comparing that, that it's enhancing our ability to compare more quickly because media and information is coming at us more quickly. Dear God, take me out of the cave because I feel like I want to jump off a bridge. And this mm-hmm. is like, this is not optimistic. Deliver me. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. Tell me, tell me, All right. like, what's the. Let's go to the promised land. Go to the promised land because that's a very bleak. And, and you know, mm-hmm. nine out of 10 guests in the show, we talk about how, oh, like I built my business on the back of being able to. Um, you know, tell stories on the internet, and and it's the great democratizer, and it's the first time in the history of the world where we all have access to distribution, blah blah blah, and all those things. Like, can it's, they both be true at the same time? Absolutely. I mean, consciousness is about being able to hold conflicting ideologies at the same time. You can see both. It's very, it's very gray and it's very messy and it's very beautiful. Um, how you get out? You have to want to get out. You have to want to be conscious. This isn't, this isn't like you get to swim in the sea of culture and maybe the idea will come, you know, someone's going to feed you something and you're going to want to live a holistic life and love yourself. You have to want it with all your might and you have to do the work. You have to go for therapy. You have to eat clean. I mean, do what you want. Sure. But there's a reason why clean eating and meditation, some form of contemplation and moving your body in a sacred way not just running to be fit, but being one with your bod. There's a reason those things have been preached about for thousands of years, because they work. Yeah. If you are in enough pain, we either move towards pleasure or pain. I vote for pleasure. Same. Um, right? Same. Um, but if you're in enough pain, you're going to reach for some tools to wake up. Those will put you on the path to self-agency. You will get to the bedrock of self-hate. You will go through the hell of that. And you will realize you have only love to live for. Um, But that requires some chutzpah. Some chutzpah. Yeah. So you write about the chutzpah that that requires. You gave us a bunch of tactics just now. We need to meditate. We need to move our body spiritually. Um, By that, do you mean? Eat clean. 
yoga. Uh, yeah, I mean, go for a run and make it your offering to God. What, whatever, go. Just be present. Go for a walk day. around the block, and and just say a prayer for journalists and 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 democracy, and that the planet gets cleaned up. Just be intentional in how intentional. you move your body. Yeah. Okay. Are there things that are on this list? And for what it's worth, like it's taken me most of my life to figure out all of the things that you're talking about now. I do have a, I do have a list of 10 things that I do every day and everything mm-hmm. that you just mentioned is on that list. I Can don't I always ask you do a question? it. Please do. What if you don't do the 10 things? Do you feel like shit? I do. Not, not all 10, not all 10. I okay. can, I can, I can run with six out of 10 for a while <laughs> right. and then the wheels do start. To but come. by feel like shit, I don't mean like your demeanor or whatever, but do you criticize yourself if you're not doing the 10? Um, to me, I use it as awareness practice. So to me, then this is a process that I have had to go through in order to arrive at this place, which is I use this as a reminder that when the reason you have a map is, is, uh, or the reason you make a plan is so when shit is blowing up around you, you don't have to create a plan. You look at the piece of paper that you wrote when you were of sound mind and body. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I do this. When hell's breaking loose, I just go back to these basic things. Mm-hmm. And so I have learned to look at that more as a roadmap and a reminder mm-hmm. than as a you dick. You didn't, you know, meditate yesterday morning. Beautiful. So I, I've figured it out. But my competitive self and, and an earlier me was like, oh, what is this nine out of ten shit? Chase one point oh. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think. What I can say about it is, and this is the nature of my question and will follow, but I do not, this is true to this day, I do not have an experience of doing this list of 10 things and not feeling amazing. Even when some of the worst shit in my life was happening, if I you know, get eight hours of sleep, eat clean, drink 64 ounces of water, meditate, X, move my body every day, uh, you, you know, have zero to one glasses of alcohol, mm. and there's a couple of others, we'll just leave them off, but that's about seven. I have no experience of doing all of those things and not feeling great. Mm-hmm. So. Or, and let's, for everybody listening, mm-hmm. say, um, there's not, there's feeling great, and there's also the experience of just suffering a little bit less. Yeah. And that's okay too. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Beautiful. I love the way you put that. My question mm. this is also long needed. Boy. What's on your list? Oh, what's on my list? Yeah. Is it, is it those things or some different things on there? Like, because this is like what I love about the show is that we go, we cover a lot of ground. It's big ideas and it's very tactical all yeah. at the same time. Like you said, you can yeah. hold these things. That is. Um, Wisdom. Yeah, that is con- 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 conflicting ideas. Consciousness. Thing. So I have a list, but I also have a newly developing way that I hold the list, which okay. is so much more compassionate than it used to be. Okay. This is like Danielle 2.0. So the list is I meditate on a regular basis, usually seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is sitting for 11 minutes and I have a particular thing I do. Sometimes I can go off and really move into like a visualization practice mm-hmm. for a long time. And um, I have an altar that I sit in, I sit in front of at home, but I mean, just on the way here, 
I took the shuttle down and I was doing my stuff on the shuttle. Um, and I also work with some mantras sometimes. I pray a lot and my relationship to prayer has been shifting. I used to always be negotiating with the higher power like, oh, do this and I promise I'll serve. No, no, I, we're in concert here. This is team, teamwork. <laughs> I'm gonna ask and I'm gonna believe Sometimes I just have to imagine, but I'm going to believe I'm worth having this prayer answered. Um, so those are my contemplative practices. And I eat pretty clean. Um, not a lot that I can buy out of a low, of a, the average grocery store. So farmer's market, yeah. and really intentional about that. And I move my body in a way that is about me being closer to the life source. So there's days to get on the treadmill and just run. And, but mostly for me, that's yoga. There's zero com competition about it. If I get a tighter ass, it's a bonus. It's not the reason I'm doing it. Um, yeah, I dance. I dance in my living room. I dance in my kitchen. And I would say that my friends are a religion. I mean, I'm really so aware that if you're not, Loving, you're an asshole, really. <laughs> I mean, just my friends scoop me out and lift me up. And the what I get from trying to do that for them is really the closest I feel to life, in addition to loving my incredibly awesome 14-year-old son. Um, but yeah, friendship. Friendship is a spiritual practice. I love that. What do you do to practice friendship? Oh, text obsessively. Um, always choose the friend over the deadline. Nine times out of 10, choose the friend over the deadline. And um, check in, and there's always a couple questions like, how's your heart? You know, you can go hang out with your buddy in like cafe or whatever, 45 minutes ago, and you talk about like, but you don't really know how their being is mm. doing. Yeah. Just like, some, you might just say, how are you really doing? And just listen, and just listen, yeah. Talk to me about deep positivity. Oh God, deep positivity. Because what you said is I like, a second ago you're like, don't be an asshole. Don't be and an asshole. And I just looked at my notes and it said, deep positivity. <sighs> well, here's the thing, <laughs> the, uh, the idea, the concept of positive thinking in the new age movement, I think is leading us astray. And it's the idea that you're going to think positively no matter what's going on. And you know what that is? That is fucking denial. And it is not going to make you a stronger person. It's not going to make you more creative. And it sets us up so that, you know, we're on the track for the goal and for the achievement. And it's like this. This is going to work out the way I want it to work out. I'm going to, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. How many times does it happen? 50-50, you're going to get what you set out to, to get. So if you're not getting what you set out to get, then the comparison comes in, starting to feel like a loser. I still got my shit together, but I still feel like a loser. Now, deep positivity is that even if I do not get what I want, I will be okay. I will survive and I will thrive no matter what. Life has got my back. Love will come into my, I will still be a loving person no matter what. And when you are from, this is a very difficult place to live from all the time, but when you're there, oh my God, stuff can come to you. Yeah, it's like you're, you're less neurotic. Yeah. 
you sleep better, you're, there's less grasping. When there's less grasping, there's more generosity. Yeah. I have a, the way that I have tried to capture that, I think it's, you just did the, maybe the most eloquent explanation I've heard of it. The, the thing that I was like is like, life is happening for you, mm-hmm. not to you. Mm-hmm. Is that somewhat, is that in line with what you're talking about or is that a different thing? I would say, let's take it one step further. Life is happening with me. I think I really need to show up for life. And maybe that's like some Catholic hangover guilt thing I have <laughs> that I got to work for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, I'm, I'm down with the teamwork idea. Interesting. And so yeah. is that showing up? That's the, the teamwork part. Mm. Is that your... That's my list. Moving your body. Is that your list? That's my list. And I would add to the list. I don't, it's not essential for everybody, but on my list is like, I want to be of service and I feel better when I'm generous. Yeah. And, and the reason I say it might not be on everybody's list is because I think, you know, some lifetimes you get a get out of jail card free and you can just live in your castle and, and, it's some of us just get easy lives. I mean, that's part of my belief system. And sometimes others, are, you know, we're gonna work. Yeah. So, let's put a pin in all that for a second. Okay. Now, this is a. Um, my hope here is that this helps the conversation. What do you feel like? You know, I'm gonna try and feed you your own medicine here. Okay. There are things that are going phenomenal for you. Mm-hmm. Clearly, career-wise, we just talked about the, the bountiful way that you approached growth in your business and mm-hmm. want to make sure everyone's paid well. And what I'm interested in is not just all the fluff. Yeah. And that's all I'm like that you're providing for those people and it's going well is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know that the folks at home are sitting there, like they're comparing your highlight reel and this conversation yeah. you had with your nine employees, nine female, one male, and said, that's awesome, but that's not how it's going for me right now. Because yeah. that's what we do in a comparative world, right? We say my highlight, my real world is getting compared constantly to Danielle's highlight reel. Because that's all I know of Danielle's her highlight oh, reel. Oh, do you want to talk about the pain? I can talk about the pain. I, I'm, I'm interested in talking a little. Just like help us understand some things in your life that aren't going like you want them to. Mm-hmm. And loaded in this question is what are you doing about it or what are you you know just think about the neuroses and that like okay. you gotta fix it but what like and how are you how are you uh experiencing it maybe that's a better yeah, way yeah okay and i like just like i'm just looking for an anecdote or something here just so that everyone at home knows that mm-hmm. we've all got our shit mm-hmm. we all have our shit well i have just come off of as of a, like 48 hours ago um three days of intensive therapy where I just wept and shook and got stuff out. And that is how I do my work. I mean, I got a great book out of it too. (laughs) Wow. But that's my commitment to like, to go, I don't want my subconscious wounds to be running my romantic life very specifically. And everybody's, everybody has an unconscious and I want to know what's in there. And I want the love I want in the way that I want it. I want to fully show up. I don't want to project. So, yeah, gut-wrenching therapy. Um, Any specific sort of practice of therapy? Like, is there I just did EMDR. Okay. So, um... For those that don't know. 
Oh, God, I forget what it stands for, but basically you're... Electromagnetic, no, it does not that, but it's, it's something. eye movement desensitized something. Yeah. Please EMDR, put it in, yeah. the, ne- okay, in the, the notes. Okay, in the show notes, yep. The idea is that you're going to affect your brain chemistry and really get stuff out that you don't want, thought forms that you don't want, and, and reprogram yourself with the really empowering thought forms. And I highly recommend it to people. So EMDR, find a good okay. EMDR therapist. Great. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Being vulnerable. Let's talk about right now there's someone out there. I'm just trying to put myself in the in the eyes and ears of our listeners and watchers. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds like really hard. I don't have time for that right now. Yeah, well, you know what? Too bad. This is where the tough love comes in. You wanna suffer? You, you want to be riddled with anxiety? You want to half-ass it in your relationships? You want to be lonely? Then don't do anything. Don't look within. Don't go to therapy. Don't meditate. Eat shit. Um, you're just going to continue to re-traumatize and continue to induce pain. Like, this takes work. It takes work. And it, the joy on the other side of knowing that you can survive and thrive and you still want to make a contribution and you realize how really how you're going to realize that you are fundamentally motivated by kindness and it will change how you walk in the world and it will change your chemistry and you'll be really fucking sexy when you realize that but do the work so in a, i'm going to summarize and just <laughs> say, so there's a practicality to it it's not just like it's not just, look, time does not heal all wounds. Consciousness heals the wounds. Yeah. And you got you to gotta dig in there and examine what it means to forgive people in your life. You're going to get to the bedrock where you realize, forgive yourself for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, yeah, do it. So can you give us a hint on the book? Because you just, the, the oh, therapy yeah. uncorked. Well, I think a, clearly the working title for, for the next book is Things I Do When I'm in Pain. <laughs> but I don't know if that would sell. <laughs> things that I do when I'm in pain. I, I wonder if, like, well, I think that's the secret to a successful book, right? Is you get some, you grab someone mm. as they're walking by the books. Well, of course, people will talk about it. But also, like... What people are saying when they read that title is, hmm, I have a little bit of pain I'm carrying around. Yes, yes. Is that, is that a untold truth? No, I think that's the truth. I think two things are happening, pleasure and pain, but we're either really intentionally trying to get home mm-hmm. and feel connection and communion, or we're trying to get out of our suffering. And they're both like super related. Does Explain suffering, because I think, you know, sort of the Buddhist sense is we're all suffering and uh, we need to find a way. Go ahead. Well, it's one of the Four Noble Truths that there is suffering. Um, I forget the other two, but another Noble (laughs) Truth is that it doesn't have to be this way. Got it. And this is why I'm not a Buddhist. (laughs) (laughs) You're a former guilty Catholic. Yeah. I mean, just when I lived in Seattle a hundred years ago, I was going to, I forget, but of a Pashna center here. And the instructor said to me, how, how are you feeling? And I said, like, my mind feels more empty, but so does my heart. And it just wasn't 
that wasn't going to work for I was just more into like the cosmic Christ and I just wanted it to all be about love um suffering I I don't know I mean I'm still trying to answer the question for myself if suffering is essential for growth and I think the answer is probably yes but I'm going to stay in denial about it uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friend uh, is a startup guy and, and he's a dear friend he he he, he Won the America's Cup, just type A, hard-charging athlete, great startup guy. And he's, he's like, he's just had this little wisdom. He's like, Itindi. And I was like, Itindi, is this like some, it sounded like an African aphorism that I should know. He's like, no, no, it's important things I'm not doing yet. Oh. I've acknowledged that they're important. I'm, I'm going to get to them. They're on my list. And like, you can only do so many things. And I just, I thought it was beautiful because it's like, you have to acknowledge those things and you have yeah. to acknowledge that they're important. You can't tackle all the world's problems, but I digress. Sorry, back to you and suffering. Well, tr me trying to be, being outside of Itindi <laughs> and tackle all the world's problems was causing me huge suffering. Yeah. And I mean, with the stuff that's been going on in the last two years in the U.S. and, you know, everything is falling apart because it has to. Um, the structures need to come down, so I take some solace in that. But, you know, I just had a friend say, you know, Danielle, you can't save every fish in the ocean and every plastic bottle. And I'm like, but I can, I need to, I need to Instagram about this cause and I need to raise money for this. And I'm in a different place right now. I've, I'm considering two things. I'm considering seeking less, being less being less of a seeker and more here. I don't know what that means yet, but um, I might just try like just living <laughs> no. and just really being present and, and then that being my service. And also, and even this phrase has made me just like rile before. I think I might try staying in my lane and just really, you know, for years I've been preaching about, you know, be yourself and authenticity, but I'm getting it on a deeper level. Like, this is what I do best. And it turns out that what I do best brings me joy. Oh, so maybe me being joyful, maybe me moving towards just the joy projects is really how I can make the most impact. And that there is no, I don't need to accommodate suffering in that at all. Taking a while, Chase, but I think I'm there. <laughs> well, let's pull on that. Like that. Like, is that a? Does that underpin like the way I talk about it in, in very brutish? This is maybe sort of male underbite concept here, but like, <laughs> do, give me the dude speak. Okay, I love it. You got two jobs. Yeah. Job one is find out what you love, and job yes. two is to do that thing. Yes. And do, can you harmonize what I just said? Yes. With what you like, stay in your lane and know yourself. Is it? Is it know thyself? Is that what we're really getting all this like? <laughs> I think it's love thyself. I think know thyself and love what you know, because I've been doing what I love for a long time, but with this guilt complex that it could always be more. It wasn't for me. It wasn't just about more money or more clicks. It was always like, who else can I? help and save and I've messed up lots of times and have been unhelpful and and said things that have hurt people but just you know there's that scene at the end of 
of Schindler's List. I am not comparing myself to Oscar Schindler, but you know, for those of the people who haven't seen the movie, he saved hundreds and hundreds of people from the gas chambers, the Jewish um, people. And at the end, he he, and he did it by selling pieces of jewelry and false documentation. And he's almost driven himself mad with his devotion to serve. And he just says, I just could have, if I just did it one, I could have done one more person. And when I saw that, that was aspirational for me. But I missed the insanity part of that. And now that's a completely different situation. We're talking about something absolutely purely horrific. I'm just trying to inspire people on Instagram, you know? Yeah. But I think I've had some unhealthy madness around that. That is all about some wound, wanting mm -hmm. to be loved, wanting to be seen. I'm going to make myself useful. Mm -hmm. And I'm useful. If I am joyful, I am being of service. Got it. How do you find joy? Ah, uh, this is joyful for me, like a real conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I like looking for stuff and telling people what I found, knowing that, hope, praying that it might alleviate some suffering and it might inspire some kindness. And, uh, you know, I'm about to, uh, this is immediate joy for me. I'm about to lock myself in a hotel room for three days and figure out what my next thing is. And I tell you, uh, hi, room service and just making notes. Um, and then we're going to make it all beautiful and not put it on Facebook. And then put it in a book? That's joy. Or is that a thing? Is that a I don't know. I, I mean, my assignment right now for my team is... Uh, Please only do what you love because if you don't, we have to pivot and it costs us money. Got it. Kate. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so just be inspired, Danielle. Uh, don't drive us crazy. And I was like, well, is it, I don't know if it's a book or if it's going to be an online program. Is it going to be a course? Maybe we should do something with Creative Live. And they're just like, you just go be pure. We'll figure out how to monetize it. And so that's what I'm going to do. Is that your normal uh, methodology for no, this is No, this is a bit of a change up. So normally, because I cannot separate entrepreneurship from artistry, love the game. I love the publishing game. I do love the metrics, as unattached to them as I try to be. Um, normally, I like to see the package. This is very new for me. Just like, this is in me, and it's it's been baking and I mean, I'm about to write about my pain. I don't know how, I don't know. That's a course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I'm going to go get I it think, out. I think, what was and the I will title? crave cigarettes all weekend, what but was, I won't smoke. What was the uh, working title? The working title is <laughs> Things I Do When I'm in Pain. <laughs> Would you buy that book? <laughs> what? Talk to me about faux freedoms. Oh, faux freedoms. What have I got to say about faux freedoms? Um, this happens a lot. Let's talk, all right, let's talk Burning Man, although I've never been to Burning Man. Um, get free, let your inner child lose, be more tantric, tap your deep sexuality, let's get naked, let's grease up, let's get each other off in this workshop. You know, that's not freedom for everybody. 
But because this is that, um, there's this conversation around sovereignty and sexual freedom, and it's well packaged and it's all filtered, then there, I, my experience is there's a lot of women who are on the personal development path who feel like prudes in contrast to that, that particular kind of freedom conversation. And no fucking way is a form of liberation. Say, I'm not gonna dance in this circle. I don't feel safe. I'm not gonna drop my pants in this community <laughs> with somebody I don't even know because I, you're telling me that I'm repressed? No. So, yeah, that comes from and, and, and is it just in the sexual arena and is it just for women or in your world does faux freedoms, does no. that expand to like if there's a cultural, it's not normal, like there's like a cultural narrative that's saying we've discovered gold and if, yes. you're, not, if you're not chasing the gold over here then you're, you're, you're uh, not evolved. Yeah, and I think the faux freedom comes in the pressure to share a lot in personal development settings. Listen, you're, listen, Chase. <laughs> I'm listening. You, know, you got my full attention and, and thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> of people. How a lot of the self-help stuff is being presented and, you know, it might not be the best thing for you to share your deepest, darkest secrets and your stories of sexual abuse or infidelity or whatever it is in a ballroom under fluorescent lights with a bunch of strangers. I think that can be re-traumatizing and, and freshly traumatizing to some people. And there's a lot of ogreish, patriarchal um, lording that's happening in those situations. And we're losing a sense of the sacred that some of those things are meant to be shared with someone who's gonna walk the journey with you. They're a skilled psychotherapist or they're your, just your best friend who loves you no matter what. And that prodding, I have a real problem with. Doesn't mean you can't have an amazing breakthrough. Yeah. And the, I've been in a lot of those workshops and the CEO stands up and says, balls his eyes out and he's shaking and says, my mother never told me she loved me. And that, that reconstitutes his brain chemistry. It's just not for everybody. And we need to leave space for that. Is the white hot truth just the thing that we are, all this sort of awareness might not be making this better? Yeah, yeah. The white hot truth, I mean, really, I should have, I, I would retitle the book because, you know, I want to rewrite or burn everything. It would have been, you are your own guru. And that's the message. That's the path. Nobody can predict the future. Your body knows if it's a yes or a no. You have the capacity to know if it's a yes or a no. And it's 50-50 whether you're going to get it right or not. So just... Follow your own heart and build that agency. Yeah. I want to make my own mistakes. Yeah. I don't want to do what somebody else told me and fuck it up. I want to fuck it up in my own way. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with uh, intuition and mm. following the gut. And I only have mm. really strong experiences of it not going well when I listen to other people. And even if I 
to follow your the point that you just made, even if I follow my tuition intuition and I fuck it up, it doesn't feel like a fuck up. It feels like it was supposed to happen. A stepping stone. Versus when I follow someone else's things and I fuck it up, like I knew better. Yeah, I knew. Is it. this normal? This is. I feel like I'm I'm alone in this, but is this so normal? I think we learn through contrast, so you got to do that. And I mean, this gets into hero's journey stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. the hero always believes a lie. <laughs> and the hero, like there's some, there's always like false information planted on the journey. And that's the rub where you go, I know, I won't do that again. And we do it three more times. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we talk about some, go back to you more personally? Sure. Uh, thank you for sharing some trauma with us just a little bit ago. Let's talk yeah. about some just tactics. We talked about yeah. some of the meditation habits that you have. Um, what does a morning look like for you? Morning. Well, I've recently become a morning person. So On, on purpose because you thought it was more virtuous? Because I met a dude. <laughs> <laughs> the dude's like, yo, I'm getting up at five. So are you. No. Kind of. Um, and I was inspired by the way he was living his mornings. And I was like, yeah, there's something to this. I'd always been a night person, but now I get, it's almost like reverse psychology. If I get up early enough, I feel like it's late. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of stuff done. Um, tactical, morning. So I'm now just work, I don't start work until 10 a.m. And it used to be that I just noticed as a pattern, I was not getting to my desk until 10 a.m. But the guilt I was having for not getting there until 10 was ridiculous. I was like, why don't I just declare it my natural? So by the time I do all my stuff and maybe do a couple laps around the lake or walk with my kid to school, um, it always ends up being like around 10. So that's when I start and I'm so excited to do my thing. I run up my stairs. And um, what was the question? No, it's just like, what's the morning? Like, what is that's it? the morning. Yeah, that's the morning. Yeah, there's always music. Uh, music, Sonos has been revolutionary in my life. All I wanted when I was got you know so-called enough success to be able to afford a few things was a hot tub and surround sound. <laughs> <laughs> it like sounds like some bad disco party, but uh, together Sonos, is very potent, right? Yeah, music immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Like, what time did you wake up this morning, and what um, music did you listen to? Well, I always this is super woo. I always have particular mantras playing in one room of the house 24-7. Like if I, if I leave the house for two weeks, there is a mantra playing. It is like baking the air with sonic awesomeness. Wow. But then in the other rooms, oh my God, the new Hozier is out. Amazing. Beautiful. Nat King Cole was going on. Greta Van Fleet is really big in our house right now. The Killers, Florence and the Machine. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. so music, that's the morning. I get it. You start work about 10. Yeah. Um, you talked about eating clean. Can you, are you prescriptive about that? Is it vegetarian? Is it vegan? Is it protein? Is it well, slow carb? Is it like, or just, yeah. just, just like, this is a, like a speed round here. Yeah, mostly plant-based. And I feel really guilty because Rich Roll is a friend and I'm just like, oh, I'm not a vegan yet. <laughs> and I have the conversation about vegetarianism with everybody I can. I'm just like, what about the guilt and humane killing? And I, right now I'm a vegetarian, but I may, could change any day. Got it. Yeah. So is that philosophical or is it scientific for you and your gut? It's all or like, of the above. Yeah. I mean, it's about 
food production and food security. I mean, as Paul McCartney puts it, if I think he underwrote a documentary called If Slaughterhouses Had Glass Walls. If we saw how our meat was produced, we might not be so down with it. Um, it's bad for the animals. Uh, and it's not great in terms of, if you consider yourself an environmentalist, you would not be consuming meat at all. So all those reasons. Got it. Yep. Evening routine, what does it feel like? like what's the, well, this it is used to be a night person and yeah. now you're kind of like rolling back a little bit. Part of being a morning person is like having two days in one. So I really like that shutdown phase now where it's like dinner is wrapped and you're really moving towards the slowdown. So for me, that's, you know, the kids on guitar or it's texting with somebody and um, it's maybe a documentary. Bathing is a big part of my life, like the hot tub and salt baths and essential oils. And it's very intentional and ritualistic. And there's usually some light thing I do, prayer before I go to sleep. But really, I mean, we are rocking until I have to say, we got to hit the sack. Like music, <laughs> it's basically a rock show in my house. Wow. Yeah. Can I confess? Yeah. I'm a huge like hot water, cold water person, love uh, water. Less baths, like mm. uh, I, I do, I think salts are incredible, but I end up just like hot and cold water. It's, 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 uh, I've kind of been passionate about it for about five years, but most recently in my home here in Seattle, I had a cold plunge. Oh, so, so I have a hot tub and a cold plunge. so hardcore. It's awesome. What does it do for you? Um, I do it every morning. Every morning. Well, just as an example, I caught a 6 a.m. flight not too long ago, so that's up at 4, in the cold plunge at 4.15, Uber 4.45 to be at the airport at 5.15 for a 6 o'clock flight. Okay, I'm impressed. Not all the time. But that's okay. Nine out of ten days, if I'm in Seattle, I will be in that freaking cold plunge. I have had to break ice. It's outside. So I've literally had to break ice. My heel is a good ice-breaking tool to get into the cold plunge. And okay. I love it. It's passionate. So um, it has, I feel like it, it is a, um, I had this experience today. Um, I feel like you're my therapist right now. I don't know. <laughs> tell me, tell me, Chase. Um, and it reminded you of. It, um, I had a lot going on in my brain. My, my brain was very active. Well, because you were interviewing me today. So yes, I'm sure lot, as soon as you woke stressed, up, you're just like, oh, stressful. what am I going to yeah. ask her? This conversation is going to feel so forced. Um, no, I just it was, you know, I had a head full of yuck this morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cold water, 30 seconds. I do a dunk and then I stay up to my chin for at least 30 seconds, sometimes five minutes. And Beautiful. It, it was, it is euphoric. It is sort of cleansing. I feel like it's, it is, uh, it makes me like a caveman. Yeah. In a, in a super good way. Just that simple, primal power. Simple primal. Like, and when, when people are like, oh my God, it's so cold. I actually, I, I, you mentioned contrast, so I get in 105 degree water first, and then I do this. And when I get out, it is like, this is outside. doesn't matter what time of year. It could be 25 degrees in pouring rain. Or snow, I guess, would happen if it's 25 degrees, and that's not in Canada, 25. This is the U.S., 25. Yes. Yeah. I feel warm, 
I feel comfortable. I feel because cold water is cold, and yeah. when you get out, yeah. Yeah. it is just I feel invigorated. So I'm curious about the bath. Does the bath what what? No, well, I want to talk about what happens for you there. So there's okay. all this physiological stuff that happens. I mean, okay. we know in your brain and transit that ah, you're firing right. Mm. But what I've learned with personal development stuff is that the times where I've been, say, in some state of suffering, which can range from something really trying has happened mm. to like I just woke up feeling a little funky, you know? Yeah. If I can push myself in some physical way mm -hmm. in moments of suffering, emotional suffering, the it's like exponential benefit. Ooh. So, you know, like just referencing, I just did the three-day intense therapy yeah. thing, you know, I didn't cry yeah. every three days and work on my shit. And I had this opportunity to like go up a whole lot of feet on this mountain when I was exhausted, let's go. And this is a Kundalini yoga is great for this. Like, you know, right now I'm doing like days of like 108 frogs. Wow. And just, you just burn the shit off. And when I got fired from my own company, a friend called, I said like, my own lawyer has just threatened to sue me because I can. Um, I was losing it and she's like, you need to go in your living room and do some kundalini yoga right now. And that changed my life and my relationship to physical endurance and emotional suffering. Wow. I should just get a cold plunge. <laughs> it's easier. way cheaper, way easier. Um, yeah. I, what I found out that there is actually, a, I had to have two, this is this might make it easier for the folks at home, like, oh my God, it sounds fancy. Hot tub's kind of fancy. Yeah. I acknowledge that it's, it's a you luxury. You just feel like a rubber, put your ass in a Rubbermaid, is that what yeah. you do? Mine is, it's fancy, but it doesn't have its own set of pool equipment, so, mm. because I didn't have any place to put it in my house, mm. and, but it is, nonetheless, it is concrete, it stays very cold, it's very underground, the water comes from underground, there's a bunch of other things that I did. In, I split, I split homes, I have a home here and a home in San Francisco. Mm. In San Francisco, it equals cold shower. Yeah. So you don't have to have all this stuff. It's not about the stuff, but I do find it like there's this, some some sacred sort of feeling about now I'm doing my cold thing. This is for me, and it makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. um, so cold showers work too. Yeah, ice on the face too. Great, ladies, great for the skin. Yeah. Other, give me a handful of other things that you do that people would be surprised to know about you, like ice on the face. Ice on the face. Um, I ingest essential oils, so not just diffusing them or smelling them key ones I actually sublingually wow. and you just get the hit. Is that something that you need to have a prescription for? No. Is that a no. doctor advised like you can just gobble it down? Four drops of frankincense and what ails you? Wow. Yeah. Um, what else? What other things? I pivot before I get out of my car or I am on the phone so I always have a moment to myself of like why am I getting out what is what's my intention what am I doing so I've set moments through my day that I've declared as pivot moments to just be present think don't just get out just like look. when you touch a doorknob or when yeah. you hear a bell ring or yeah those things that yeah are those good examples or are they um, I give thanks as soon as I walk into my home Thank you, everybody, all the great spirits who are here, who support me. I mean, I really treat my home like it's a temple. Um, I pay very close attention to, like, the new moon. I make my wishes. I only write in pencil. Um, you only write in pencil? I only write in pencil. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. What about checks? You sign in, sign in many checks. When's, when's the last time you wrote a check? <laughs> Someone said that the other day. Did you bring your checkbook? Transfer. And I was like, someone has a checkbook? I want to see one of these things. I haven't seen a checkbook since like 87. Um, I'm very into batching my time. Yeah. So if I'm going to create, there cannot be one phone call that day. Not one. I don't want to interact with the human race at all. So I need to have... I mean, ideally, I have three days a week like that that are unscheduled. Wow. And then I'll batch. You know, I'll do four podcasts in yeah, a day. Yeah, but I got the kids, and I got a mortgage, and I got—I don't—I can't have three days. Yeah, well— Danielle, help me. Then 24 hours will rock your world. Do what you can. Do what you can. Do what you can with what you have. Yep. Last one. Any—like, I'm one. just looking for— The cure? Yeah, people want a silver bullet, and it's my goal— with this show and, and part Creative Live, like, it's, it's, there's no magic cure. Yeah. But. But there is. There's been something in your life. Yeah. That has been somewhat of a catapult. It's been a game changer. It's been, I don't want to be, like, list the cliche terms one after another. Yeah. But there's been something. And not, it's not a silver bullet, but something has had transformative effect on you that's what in part we're all searching for mm -hmm. is either even if it's been my transformational thing is to realize that i'm okay right now and then whatever the thing is like i don't want to i'm just trying to give you the the range of whatever you say it is is going to be a just fine answer but there's been something and if you can look you know we can only connect the dots looking backwards look backwards for me right now okay what's been something that's made a ton of difference in your life. A ton of difference in my life. Just declaring that I'm a loving person. Even if I fuck up, I'm fundamentally mostly a loving person. And that gives me so much courage to show up and so much um, padding when, when the world is cruel. And I just believe that I'm good. And it's getting me by. Yeah. No better way to end. I gotta stop there. <laughs> it's the best ending to the show I could possibly fathom. Put a pin. No, honestly, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing so much. And congratulations on it. We're looking for this new book about uh, pain. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll see if it happens, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's stunning. Thank you so much for yeah, sharing everything you. you've shared yeah. with us today. Show notes, all that stuff. We'll compile it. We'll share everything. So what's the best place for people to find you? DanielleLaporte.com. Center of my universe is Instagram, at DanielleLaporte. If I'm still there tomorrow. <laughs> when you'll be yeah. locked in a hotel room for yeah. three days. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you, gentlemen. Please give her a shout out on social, follow her, pay attention to what she's doing. She's been changing my life and the lives of so many, and I hope you have a great day. I'll look for you tomorrow. I'll be here. Hope you will be too. All right, that about wraps it up. But uh, hey, before you bounce, two quick things. Um, actually, I'm going to go three quick things. Thing one, A, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And I'm not quite sure how you, you landed on this podcast. It doesn't matter to me. The fact that we're all in this together and that we're able to have a conversation is awesome. I feel uh, honored to be in your ears right now and that uh, you've paid attention to 
what I've been doing, what Creative Live has been doing for some time, and whether it's been a day or 10 years, I just want to say thank you. It's also really important to know on the backside of that that I, I do a lot of responding to comments. So hit me up, on, you know, direct message me on, on Instagram or Twitter or at me. I try and respond as much as possible. So let's have a conversation that transcends me just being in your ears here. Let's try and do it some, somewhere out there in, on the internet land. That's thing one. Thing two, again, I'm not quite sure what channels you pay attention to me and my work, but please go check out. I'm at Chase Jarvis or slash Chase Jarvis or whatever on all the platforms. And it's really important to me. Also, if you wouldn't mind checking out Creative Live, it's something that not only myself, but 120 other committed hardcore badass people come to work every day uh, to build the place where creators and entrepreneurs learn so check that out they're just slash creative live or at creative live all over out there on the internet all right until again uh, probably tomorrow i hope i'll hear you i'll be in your ears maybe tomorrow and i'll look for your comments on the internets bye